If you have your Bibles, if you would go to Isaiah chapter 58. Isaiah chapter 58. Thank you for your faithfulness in giving and tithing we have for, uh, for this temporary season. Going back to uh, having our ushers available in the foyer as you're leaving service. And just God bless you so much for just your continued giving unto the Lord. This is a significant day. As we are beginning a journey of 21 days of fasting and praying, fasting for the shift, fasting for the lift. Today, for a few moments, I'd, I'd like to talk about, from Scripture, choosing, choosing the right fast. Some very practical things and spiritual things that I'm going to share with you that I believe will, will help you. Isaiah chapter 58, beginning at verse 1. <clears throat> the prophet wrote, Cry aloud and spare not. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet. Show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching to God. Wherefore have we fasted, say they, and thou seest not? Wherefore have we afflicted our soul, and thou takest no knowledge? Behold, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exact all your labors. Behold, you fast for strife and debate, and to smite with the fist of wickedness. You shall not fast as you do this day, to make your voice to be heard on high. Is it such a fast that I have chosen, a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Wilt thou call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? Then the Lord says, Is not this the fast that I have chosen? <laughs> to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, and that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house? And when thou seest the naked, that thou cover him, and that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh, then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thine health shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy re reward. Then shalt thou call and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry and he shall say, Here I am. If thou take away from the midst of thee the yoke, the putting forth of the finger and speaking vanity. And if thou draw out thy soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, 
Then shall thy light rise in obscurity. Thy darkness be as the noonday. And the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones. Thou shalt be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. And they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. Thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations and thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. Would you stretch your hand this direction and pray God's blessing and anointing over his word and over his servant today. Let's, let's pray together. Father, we come before you thanking you for your presence and your spirit that has already been with us. So evident and so manifested is the spirit of God in this place. And so, Lord, I, I carefully, prayerfully, and reverently approach this time and ask that my agenda be put down and only the Lord's agenda be put forth. Only the Lord's word to come alive in our spirit and in our heart and in our soul. Thank you for the anointing that you promised to give to your people in sharing your word. We give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. And the church said, We're fasting for the shift. We're fasting for the lift. In the midst of all the chaos in our land, in our world, the faith-filled child of God senses not despair, but hope, not dread, but expectation, not futility, but anticipation. For in the darkest perceived hour, the light of the world, Jesus Christ, shines the brightest. And he chooses to shine through you and I, the church of the living God. You are the light of the world. Those were the words that came from the lips of our Lord. You are the light of the world. And a city that is set up on a hill cannot be hid. We begin this 21-day journey of praying and fasting with great confidence that we will experience jubilee and freedom as the power of God is unleashed and released and manifested. I asked you last week, for those of you that, that, that were all here and maybe you were missing, I would, I'll ask this question today. What is that one thing that you so desperately desire to see God do? That one thing that man, no man, can take credit for. Here's truth. Marriages are in shambles and not at the church down the road. Bodies are racked by pain and disease right here among us. Emotions are distraught due to the cares of the world that are overwhelming us. 
Our sons and our daughters wander aimlessly along without hope, bound for eternal separation from God. But today I want to proclaim and I want to exclaim the words, the inspired words from Romans 4, 17, where we as children of God call those things which be as though they were not where we speak of the non-existent things that he has foretold and promised as if they already existed. It is a posture and it is a strong confidence to say, it is going to happen. It is going to take place. Chains will be broken and lives will be healed. He whom the Son has set free is in fact free indeed. Well, praise the Lord. Now I want to tell you, when you begin a journey of fasting, it is intended to be a journey of fasting and praying. And this is what we're going to do for the next three Sundays. We're going to mix things up a little bit, and I'm just going to go ahead and, and share this with you as we start this 21-day journey. The next three Sunday mornings, January 17th, 24th, and 31st. We're going to meet in this sanctuary from 10 to 10.30 for prayer. Not fellowship, but prayer. There will be soft music that will be playing. If you pray around the altar, you might want to bring your mask to pray. Or if you uh, want to walk and pray, bring your mask with you. Or if you just want to find your seat for church and kneel or sit and pray at that location where you come for worship, that that will be fine. But this is going to happen the next three Sundays as led of the Lord. 2 Chronicles 7.14 tells us that if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will heal their land. We've done enough complaining. We need to pray. We've done enough Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. We need to pray. We, we've done enough political line drawing. We need to pray. We've done enough worrying and, and being anxious about this loved one and that family member. We need to pray. And so for the next three Sundays while we're on this journey, if you want to fellowship, we want you to fellowship out in the foyer. If you're coming into the sanctuary, we want you to come in with a mindset that I'm going to join with the family of God and we're going to have one massive prayer meeting for 30 minutes prior to church beginning. Is that alright folks? Are we still a praying people? Are we still a believing people? Do we still know that when we pray it touches the heart of God? It moves the hand of God on behalf of His people? Young families at Kids Ministry will be ready for you. Check in your kids at 9.55 a.m and join us for prayer. Adult life groups uh, for the next three Sundays. It's going to begin at 9.30 like it always did, but the lesson's going to be a lot shorter. It's going to let out at 9.55. You're going to have a 25-minute lesson instead of a 55-minute lesson so that you can join. This is a directive of the Holy Spirit. He said to you, he said to me, call unto me 
and I will answer you and show you great things which you did not know. Can you imagine the power and the anointing of the Spirit that we are about to experience? So today we start a a 21-day journey called fasting. And it's essential and important that you prayerfully and carefully consider your options for fasting. You see, I look out and I know that there are many in this room that have fasted before and yet there are also some in the room that maybe have never fasted maybe you've never heard the term fasting maybe you're a new believer at the welcome center i have available for you jensen franklin's book called fasting uh it's it's an easy read it's short chapters it's a powerful powerful uh book that will help you and i got about 35 copies and they're no charge and if if you if you've never fasted or you'd like a refresher, see Norman Carroll right after service at the Welcome Center. Move quick because they're going to go quick, but don't despair because if we run out, we're going to have some more next Sunday. Just make sure you sign your name up, but that will help you on this journey. But for a few moments this morning, I want to talk about choosing the right fast. First of all, I want to talk about practically choosing the right fast. Fasting is simply this, doing without food for spiritual reasons. That's what a fast is. It means that you you forego your natural nourishment uh, for the sake of drawing closer to God. We read in the Bible that Jesus fasted. We read that Paul fasted and Daniel fasted. We read that Moses fasted 40 days, not once, but at least twice. Fasting is biblical, and fasting should be practiced in the life of a believer. There are different kinds of fast, and the one you choose today will depend on a few factors. Now, this is very important. The first thing I would tell you is that you need to be led of the Holy Spirit. This is not a pastor is facilitating this, but ultimately you need to be led of God as to how he wants you to fast and to pray. The second thing that you have to consider practically is the ability of your physical body. There are side effects that happen during fasting, uh, and those side effects can be challenging. Headaches can occur during fasting. Nausea can occur during fasting. Weakness can occur during fasting. Bad breath. Uh, These are all normal signs. If you're a person with blood sugar issues specifically, or on medications that that have to be taken with food, it's very important that that there will be some limitations, and you need to talk to a medical professional. It would be helpful if you have pre-existing health issues to uh, consider. A third thing you need to understand is how much or little experience you have had in fasting in times past. A person can say today, well, I'm, I'm going to fast for 21 days. And, and if you've never fasted before, friend, you're probably not going to make it 21 days because you have to, if you've never fasted you uh, and, and, and you've never built up your body and prepared your body for it, uh, then you'll, you'll not be able to accomplish that. While there's others of us here that have fasted for years and and probably could fast the whole 21 days. But the the bottom line is, is that while you're fasting, you need to drink water. You need to have some juices, some all-natural vegetable and and fruit juices, and and that will help you. There are some specific kinds of fast. Let me just walk through them for a few moments. There is the full fast. The full fast is where you drink only liquids. Those liquids, again, should be water first and then add some juices. The ultimate goal when you're in a full fast is to uh, do without food for a a certain amount of day 
days. It could, be, it could be one day. It could be three days. It could be seven days. And again, there may be some that may go the whole 21 days. This is between you and God. Let me just say, there is not going to be any fasting police. Nobody's going to be looking over your shoulder, dialing your number, and, and asked how, what your caloric intake was, okay? This is between you and God. The second thing, a uh, second kind of fast is a biblical fast called the Daniel fast. There are a lot of people that, that, that can't do without meals, and so they choose the Daniel fast. And during the Daniel fast, what you do is you abstain and avoid the following, all meats, all sweets, all breads, all dairy. And so your diet for 21 straight days or for a period of time during that time is simply fruit and vegetables. Some seeds and nuts and beans are as well allowed. Again, you drink water and different kinds of juices uh, to help you during this time. Then there's thirdly a, what is called a combination fast. A combination fast may be you begin with a full fast, maybe three days, and then you convert to a Daniel fast for 18 days. And, and, and so you, you kind of make some changes. I'm going to have a variety of fasting going on during my 20, 21 day period. Then there is fourthly and finally the, what is called the partial fast. The partial fast for some people is giving up food from sunup to sundown. So they don't eat anything uh, after the sun comes up or they, they, don't eat, uh, they don't eat anything until after the sun goes down. Or, or maybe they just have one meal a day instead of two or three meals a day. There's a couple more things that I want to share with you this morning on the practical side before I go further. If you are a person that exercises and you're not used to fasting, you may want to diminish from what your normal routine would be over this 21-day period. Now, again, if you're one that, that exercises regularly, sometimes you can still exercise, maybe slightly diminished while you're on a fast. And, and, and I guess this is, this is extremely important. It's practical and spiritual as well, and that is what you do with your times of the day when you normally would be eating. This is also extremely important. This is not a diet. Now, you may benefit from it like a diet, but this is not a diet. And when you're fasting, you are, you are doing things that are going to be spiritual-minded. And so when you're not eating, that is a good time to find a place to pray. When you're not eating, that's a good place to find, a, a, you know, put on some worship music and worship the Lord. It's a good time to find your Bible and, and get in more than your five-minute devotion and really just massage your mind and your heart and your spirit in the Word of the living God. This is all about deeper fellowship with Jesus Christ. Amen. So that's the spiritual side. Choosing the, the right fast practically. Now let's talk about spiritually choosing the right fast. You thought maybe, well, I thought a fast was a fast. But I, I, will, I will say, and I will say this again. I said this last week, but I tell you, I, I'm prepared. maybe I'm psyching myself up, so I need to say it twice. But don't you just love the fact that the Lord calls it a fast, and yet it's the slowest day of your life? It's the slowest period of your life. You might as well prepare yourself for it. It'll seem like the hours will, will drag on. Just keep yourself occupied. And, and something else that seems to happen, commercials loom larger than life while you're fasting. I mean, you can smell the Pizza Hut through the TV. But in the passage in front of us, you will notice that the people, they were seeking him daily. 
They were boasting of living righteously. They were perceived as never forsaking the ordinances or the laws of the Lord. This is all in the scripture. I mean, during the fasting, the people were saying aloud, Lord, we have been fasting and did you not see us? We have afflicted our soul and you don't even recognize. And the Lord began to respond to them because they were going through the outer, outer motions of fasting. They were doing all the things outwardly. But the Lord said to them, Behold, on the day of your fast, you find your desire, and you drive hard all of your workers. He's talking to the owners. He's talking to the masters. And he said, You as masters still demand hard labor out of your servants to make profit, even, they are, even though they are supposed to be resting and fasting as well. He said, you're, you're fasting for contention and, and strife and to strike with a, with a, with a wicked fist. You, you've become uh, superior. You've become uh, arrogant in your, in your own self-righteousness. He said, you still have contentions with each other. Uh, you still debate even to the point of coming to blows. I'm thinking to myself, uh, you know, uh, uh, can that be true? It's in the Word of God. That's what he says. He says, you, you are practicing the, the practice of fasting, but you weren't doing it with the true inward transformation uh, that takes place. I mean, uh, God, I'm fasting, but I'm more agitated with my children than normal because of the hunger of my flesh. You need to get that and nip that in the bud before you start this journey. Amen. You must spiritually choose the right fast. You must take inventory of your, your own heart entering into this journey. You, you must, uh, your countenance and your disposition. You know what? You're just not supposed to be grumpy while you're fasting. I know you're hungry, but that doesn't give you the right to be grumpy. In fact, you're, you, you have to have a new commitment to prayer and worship and God's word, as I've said. And, and here they were fasting for strife and debate and, and argument and dissension. And, and when you do that, that's, that's not fasting at all. If you have the mindset that you're going to one-up someone in spiritual arrogance, if you're going to talk about your fast uh, and how long you'll be attempting to do it to impress someone with your spiritual superiority, you've lost the point. You've missed it altogether. Fasting is private. It's between you and God. Jesus said, wash your face and may your countenance not appear to be fasting. And then he followed up by saying, for the Father who sees in secret shall reward you openly. I'm telling you right now, been down the road many years and have watched time and time again that when I go aside and it's me and the Lord and I've afflicted the flesh and I've drawn the spirit into the presence of God, I'm telling you there's something that happens in the spirit realm and it takes place in my life and I begin to see the hand of God working in specific ways that I hadn't seen up to that moment. I'm telling you, it's still true today. Mountains are moved through fasting and praying. But if we're not careful, we'll become irritated with the side effects of fasting. We can become hateful and snappy, snapping at our coworkers, snapping at our, our spouse. If we're not careful, we'll focus more upon the positive effects of losing weight. Versus the inner transformation of the heart. 
If we're not careful, we'll get so caught up in what God is going to do for us that we lose sight of what God is wanting to do inside of us. I want a true fast. I want a fast that will lead to humility toward God. I want a fast that will will bring about ministry to others. I'm not out to try to buy God's blessing by fasting. And if we're not, if we have to be very careful that we don't begin an outward ritual that lacks inward transformation. Today, this journey, January 10th, and it begins today and it ends on January 30th, on Saturday, this 21-day period, it must begin with one primary purpose, and that is this, the glory of God in our lives. Whether you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, it's all to the glory of God. If we could get that in our spirit. When we preach, we preach to the glory of God. When we sing, we sing to the glory of God. When we work, when we raise our kids, we do it to the glory of God. When we're husbands and wives, we do it to the glory of God. When we pray, we do it to the glory of God. When we extend our faith up unto the Lord and he responds to our faith and says, I'm going to perform this miracle for you. It shouldn't be for our comfort and our peace. It should be so that we can tell others around us that God has answered our prayer and he and he alone will get the glory, the honor, and the praise for it. I want to see marriages healed for the glory of God. Come on now. Not, not for the sake of the husband and the sake of the wife or the peace of the children. I want marriages to be healed so powerfully that we recognize it wasn't the family therapist that brought about a solution. It wasn't an antidepressant that caused people to get along better. It was the agape love of God that stepped into a marriage and said, you know what, I'm bigger than your problems, your strife and your contention. If you'll just look to me, I can heal everything going on inside of you and your relationship one with another. I'm preaching better than y'all are shouting here. I want to see bodies healed in this house on January 31st. Come on. Amen. Not for the recognition of man or even for the relief of man from his own pain, but for the glory of God. I'm praying for kidneys to be restored and limbs to be healed and aneurysms to dissipate and and COVID to be broken once and for all and brain tumors to dissolve and migraines to disappear and arteries to unclog and lungs to be cleared up. And the list goes on and on and on. And the bottom line is, my motivation is, is that Jesus Christ will get all the glory and the honor and the praise for he said, if I, the son of man, be lifted up. I will draw all men unto me. Well, praise the Lord. Hear this preacher this morning. This is not primarily an outward observance. This is about an inward devotion. This is more about pleasing God than putting God under some binding obligation that appeases us. But the flip side is, according to the word, when you spiritually choose the right fast with the right attitude, verse 6 says you loose the bands of wickedness. Hallelujah. 
I'm telling you, there's some moms and dads in this place ought to give me a great hallelujah right there. You got grandsons and granddaughters and sons and daughters. Some of you don't even know where your kid is. Some of you, your kid is bound up in alcoholism. I'm telling you, that's nothing but wickedness. They're bound up in drug addiction. That's nothing but wickedness. They're bound up in pornography. That's nothing but wickedness. But I'm telling you, when you spiritually choose the right fast, Isaiah 58 and 6 says, you loose the bands of wickedness. You may not be able to force their will, but you can sure turn up the heat in the kitchen. Amen? When you fast the right way, you loose the bands of wickedness. He also said you undo the heavy burdens. Those oppressions that are heavy like a cinder block will become light as a feather. Your stomach may be growling, but your spirit's going to be leaping. Perfect peace for your mind will be upon you. An unexplainable peace that you can't comprehend will settle into your spirit. Heavy burdens will be released in Jesus' name. It's not God's will for you to live in worry and fear and anxiety. He said, when you fast the right way, you not only loose the bands of wickedness and lighten heavy loads, but you also let the oppressed go free. If you're here and you're taunted in your sleep or in your thoughts or you're tortured about your past, if you're here today and you're enslaved and oppressed by an addiction and an enslavement, in the name of Jesus, be released and set free. It's time for tobacco and vaping and alcohol and prescription drugs and illegal drugs and porn addictions and cutting and anorexia and bulimia and gambling and gluttony and all sexual misconduct to be let go. Oppression let go in the name of Jesus. These things happen. He also said he'd break every yoke. When you spiritually fast the right way, he said, I'll break every yoke off of you. There's another place in I, same prophet in Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27. It says the yoke is coming off of the neck <laughs> and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. I don't know how many in the room is taking the journey with me and I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. It may be five, it may be ten, it may be a hundred of you in the room. I said, I'm going to go on this journey of fasting and prayer. And you may be sitting here this morning and you may feel spiritually dry. And this is not a journey you're beginning because of your feelings. It is all because of your faith. Because spiritually you sit here today and you feel dry. You feel famished. You feel parched. But I promise you if you go in the right way, 
You may go in spiritually dry, but you're going to come out wet with the anointing of the Holy Ghost. There's some folks today, you're going to go in embracing the fire, and in 21 days, you're going to be consumed by the fire. Come on now. There's some folks here, you're going hunting for the heavenly dove of the Spirit, and after 21 days, you're going to see the dove of heaven descending upon you in demonstration and in power. One other thing he said. When you spiritually fast the right way, you'll deal your bread to the hungry. You'll deal your coat to those who are naked. Your light will break forth. Your health will return speedily. Woo! Hallelujah! (laughs) Your righteousness is going to go before you. And the glory of God is going to be following you. Then you will call. And the Lord will answer. By God's word, I prophesy it and clarify it. I name it and I claim it. Yes. And I blab it and I grab it. God is about to break in upon families in this church and this church as a whole like never before. And I believe he's going to turn our lives and as a result, our community upside down for the glory of his great name. And it will happen because we choose the right fast. <clears throat> you have to choose the right fast practically. You have to choose the right fast spiritually. Now, let me tell you this before we close. I'm going to tell you what a wrong fast is or an incomplete fast. You can come to the keys. <clears throat> A a wrong fast or an incomplete fast is when you don't function with all three of the cords that Jesus taught about. In one chapter, he devoted this spiritual coming aside. And he talked about when you pray... When you fast, when you give, a threefold cord. You know, I don't know about you. I enjoy my lunch. I wish sometimes I didn't have to pay for my lunch. You can't hardly go anywhere now without spending eight or nine bucks. But what if during this journey of fasting and praying, what if you took the money that you were going to spend on lunch and you gave it to the city of refuge, Pulaski? specifically to the feeding program. Next Sunday is Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. Three days before inauguration, and if we ever needed to make a statement for the rights of the unborn, we better make it next Sunday. 
What if you took your, your eating out money because you're on a journey of fasting and praying? You say, you know, I'm just going to set this aside for that special offering for the New River Valley Pregnancy Resource Center that will show an ultrasound to a young girl. I help pay for that ultrasound. And as a result of me sowing that seed and paying for that ultrasound, she decided adoption was a better option than abortion. Or she decided that keeping the baby was better than ending the baby's life. Y'all still out there? I told you early on, when you fast, I'm telling you, you can't just fast and not pray. Your fast will not be a fast. It won't be true. It won't be legitimate. Jesus said when you fast, when you pray, when you give. You have to commit to the right fast. You have to have the right spirit. You have to maintain the right spirit. Is it a challenge? Yes, it is a challenge. But the reward is so much greater than the challenge. The challenge is but for a fleeting moment. Ask people that have gone on extended fast. First day or two, kind of rough. Anybody that's done it beyond three or four days, they'll tell you right around day three. It's almost like you, you broke through a spiritual brick wall. A lot of the reasons for that is because your body has detoxified from all the junk you've been putting in it. Doctors tell healthy people that, that fasting is healthy for them. Gives their digestive tract a break. Can rest, heal. There's all kinds of benefits physically to fasting. So the practical fast is essential, but the spiritual is even more important. It's sort of like bodily exercise is important. Thank you for the three amens. But in comparison to exercising yourself unto godliness, which is what Paul wrote to Timothy, in comparison, bodily exercise profits little in comparison to spiritual exercise. So what we're doing here is we're entering into a journey of spiritual exercise. And while the doctor, the earthly doctor, tells you that fasting can be healthy for your body, Dr. Jesus is more interested in you fasting to the emptying of your heart of the junk and to being filled more and more with the presence of the Son of God. I hope that I've helped you understand 
practical, the spiritual benefits. I do hope you'll join me next Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. Wouldn't it be great? Can you imagine? I love fellowship. But I just got some anticipation about the next three Sundays having prayer. All of God's people praying. And then going right into worship. There was a time God's people used to pray more than we pray today. There might be some critical things you could say about the believers in times past. A little too strict in that, a little too stringent in that. But they were people of prayer. I've been in those services when because God's people prayed, the power of God fell. I want to see the power of God fall again, don't you? I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. with me. I'll tell you something else I'm working through and struggling with is altar calls. Man, I'm an altar call guy. This is a very uncomfortable season for a preacher that believes in altar calls. But I'm also trying to keep you safe. I've caught flack for both. Caught flack for having an altar call, call flack for not having an altar call. Just like every other Pentecostal preacher. I want to see the move of God. So I want you to pray with me over these next few Sundays. I don't want to prohibit God's Spirit. I don't want to quench God's spirit. We are spirit-filled, spirit-led people. Amen. Wave at me. Wave at me. Wave at me. We believe in the demonstration of the power of God. Maybe you had no intentions of going on this journey with us, and the Lord has spoken to your heart during the word today. But I want everyone in the room. I'm not singling anyone out, but I want everyone in the room. I want you to lift your hands right now to the Lord and say, God, I want... I want you to do something significant inside of me. There's some things I want you to do for me. There's some desperate, desperate miracles that I must have from the hand of God, but there's something greater than that. I want you to do something inside of me. Could it be, Lord, that I'm a part of the miracle? Could it be that you place a new anointing upon me? And I function in gifts of the Spirit that I never dreamed that I would function in. God, here I am. Here I am. Lord, I lift my hands. I lift my heart to you. I lift my soul to you. I want you to control my countenance going into this. Lord, this is between me and you. I'm not here to try to make 
points in anyone's eyes. This is between me and you. I'm coming aside into my closet of prayer. While everybody else in the house may be enjoying dinner, I'm going to come aside with you. Lord, I want to consecrate myself to you. Devote myself to you. Lord, you know how I can be when I get hungry. You know how we can be when we get hungry, Lord. May we be under control of the Holy Spirit. May we not nullify our time of consecration and commitment to God. We give ourselves away. We give ourselves away. Mountains be moved. Whatever that mountain is right now, would you just name it to the Lord? Mountain be moved. Yes, the mountain that only is moved through fasting and praying. That mountain's going to be made flat like a plain. Through fasting and praying, it's going to be cast into the sea. Book of Job talks about the mountain being flipped. We're believing today. We're believing today.